solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Welcome to Heather Solves Everything. The show where I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. Today in the studio is someone who I admire for her eco-friendly ways. Her name is Alex Calvin, and the reason why I have invited her here today is because the problem we are solving is how to create environmentally sustainable habits when you are not really super great at that, like me. Today's show is called love to your mother and it's all about how we can show some love to mother earth even if we're starting from ground zero which is i am sorry to admit kind of where i am maybe i'm not as bad as i think i am alex is going to let me know so alex has gone from doubter to advocate and i'm curious to know how why what her advice is for people like me who want to do better, but just don't know where to start. Now, in addition to being an inspiration to me, Alex is the mom of two boys. She's the wife of a wildlife biologist slash power lifter that is relevant to the conversation and a business owner. She is an advocate for local community projects and especially passionate about the Alzheimer's Project, where she manages communications and social media through her consulting firm, AK Social Strategies. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, y'all know that Heather Solves Everything is a show about tapping into your unique strengths to solve the everyday problems that we all face in life. Today, we're going to talk about how to start small, to go big, and how we manage our relationship with the earth. We're going to hear Alex's story of the learning curve that she traveled, get her advice on how to live more sustainably, and discover some easy ways to make a difference for the environment. And then I'll get a little coachy on you with ways that you can make big changes with little steps. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get into it. Okay, Alex, since I've known you, you have been the epitome of living in what I would consider to be an eco-friendly, sustainable way. I remember you um, talking about cloth diapers. I remember when you told me that I needed to stop using plastic um, bags plastic sandwich bags and you told me about the reusable ones and I have always looked to you for an example of how I can be more responsible and thoughtful with the ways that my impact on the planet um, is it can be mitigated and made smaller or even possibly beneficial and so I was really surprised when you revealed to me that you haven't always been this way. No, not at all. Tell me <laughs> about how you made this transformation in your life. Where did you start? All right. Well, uh, let's say this was like seven or eight years ago. I met my husband and at that moment, um, 
I I was living by myself, uh, you know, maybe not eating very healthy. I had friends who, you know, bought organic food. I made fun of them for it. You <laughs> what? I totally did. In fact, I, I like one of the people that I used to live with when I was in college, like she would buy organic organic milk and I was like, "Ugh, really?" <laughs> Why was that? What was what was your thought process for why you shunned that and looked down on on those practices? It just wasn't something that I was used to at mm-hmm. all. Just different than what you know I had um, grown up or knew. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was kind of a big shock when I met my husband, and um, he's a wildlife biologist. His schooling is in environmental science. Um, that's been his life. I mean, practically his whole life. That's how he's lived. Um, And so when I met him, I first went into his house and, you know, it was just walking into a whole different world. I mean, just like complete like shock factor. (laughs) And then especially when we started living together, oh my gosh, I would be, you know, walking through the house using things and he's coming up behind me unplugging things as I'm done using them or, you know, shutting lights off or just doing different things where um, I had no awareness at all. The awareness just wasn't there. I wasn't um, realizing what I was doing. Um, There wasn't intention behind my actions. And um, so that was, that was a huge shock factor. And honestly, we butted heads for a long time on that. I was like, because I'd go to use the toaster and I would put something in there and turn it on and then come back and it wasn't cooked because it wasn't plugged in. He had unplugged it after he was done using it because it it does pull a little bit of energy when things are plugged in, even if you're not using them. So he was to that extreme where he was like unplugging things he didn't use. (laughs) And I would go back and my food wasn't cooked. And, you know, that was an argument every single time. Um, So anyways, that shock factor um, was there in the beginning. Um, and then I started learning more about why he was doing the things that he was doing and, um, it made sense. You know, I think, uh, at first I was so against it because I just didn't understand. Um, and I, I've learned that the more I learn about things, the more I'm not opposed to them. (laughs) Funny how that works. Imagine that. (laughs) So that was, um, that, that, that was kind of where I came from. I was like, you know, from born in Iowa, from the Midwest, like grew up listening to country music, very just, I don't know, different than what he was used to. He's from South Florida. He listened to reggae music and just, I mean, total different walks of life that were coming from here. And then we merge and make this melting pot between the two of us. And um, that's where all the change started happening. That's where the growth started. So I want to do a separate episode just on (laughs) y'all because that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I wonder, um, you know, what was what was the reason that he shared with you that clicked for you of, of when it made sense and you got on board? When I got pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So I think it was like about that first year or so where we were just kind of butting heads like, no, you do things your way. I'm going to do my things my way. That's fine. We can coexist like that. Um, and then we found out we were pregnant with our first son and I was like, oh my gosh, the world stops, right? Mm -hmm. Because your priorities are completely different at that point. So it's like, okay, so maybe what you're saying makes a little bit sense. Let's talk about this. Let's see how this plays out. We're creating a family together. We need to be more on the same page if we're, you know, going to be successful at that. So, um, yeah, that's when I deep dived into the research, learning more. Um, I, 
I think it was like a full-time job to fill up my registry. Wow. (laughs) Because I went through so much research. I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's figure out like why this item, why that, why this, um, what's the best one, what's the most affordable option of the best thing? Because sometimes, I mean, a lot of people will perceive being eco-friendly as expensive. I always have. Yeah, and and it can be. Um, But sometimes it just takes that little extra uh, research or seeking out um, what's what's the affordable option that's still safe. Um, So, yeah, filling out that registry felt like a full-time job. It was was a lot um, to learn to move forward but yeah getting pregnant that was the I think that was the main change that happened and from there um, like I said seven or eight years now we've just been working at it and taking one step at a time. What was the first thing that you started to change that made you feel like you were doing things in a different way? Um, I think probably the biggest thing was at least with having the baby right was the cloth diapers Mm -hmm. (laughs) you mentioned that before um I actually nannied when I was in college and I learned from the family that I was nannying um from their children they use cloth diapers so I was really lucky to get that like kind of dipping my toes in the water where Mm -hmm. I, I was um using them but not necessarily fully in charge of the washing and the folding and the maintenance and everything. Um, So I dipped my toes in the water with that. And when it came to our own kid, you know, that was that was a plunge. And that is where the expense comes in. I mean, I think we ended up spending three or four hundred dollars up front to get cloth diapers. But that meant for years we weren't purchasing anything else. So um, it was definitely that was a huge investment. Um, But yeah, I, I think all the baby stuff. I mean, you can just get lost lost in the baby stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I've always perceived living eco-friendly as being a lot of work and a lot of um, thinking and planning. And like you said, like a full-time job. And part of what I want to explore in this episode is how we can change that perspective and, you know, make some of these practices in closer reach. Uh, So stay with us. You're listening to Healthy Heather on Heather Solves Everything. I'm here with my friend Alex Calfin. We'll be right back with more of her story of going to going from doubt to advocate for eco living. Stay with us. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kyleen and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Hey guys, welcome back to Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and I am here with my friend Alex Calfin, who is my inspiration for making a smaller impact 
on the planet as far as my um, consumption goes, and a bigger impact when it comes to making the world a better place. I've invited her here today to share with me her story and tips for adopting eco-friendly practices in my house that I have felt I just don't have time to do, but I want to do better. I hope you do too. Stay with us and we are going to learn together. Now, Alex, before the break, uh, we were talking about how the real catalyst for this lifestyle change for you was having a baby and starting a family and realizing that this was something that you wanted to cultivate in the family that you were creating. And um, and talking about cloth diapers and all of the baby stuff and how it was like a full-time job to get all of this education under your belt. And I wonder, was there anything about that that was difficult? What was the hardest thing to change? I think the hardest thing to change was just um, <clears throat> the idea that I had to do everything all mm-hmm. at once. Mm-hmm. I just felt like... I needed to do a complete overhaul of everything and change everything. And I mean, we were young parents with a little baby, not a lot of money, not a lot of time with a young baby. Um, so that's where I really had to, you know, hone in and focus on what are what are the baby steps I can take to um, make an impact over my lifetime. Um, so that's where I started focusing on, you know, being intentional with the smaller decisions because I knew that it would, um, you know, it would all build upon each other to make a greater impact in the end. I am right there with you. And and that's really where I get stuck because I have an appreciation for the value of eco-friendly practices, but it does feel overwhelming. And my life is already really busy. And it seems like a lot of stuff to learn and change that I just don't have time for And I like to stick in the place where I know what I'm doing and I can do it well. And it feels like a big unknown. So help me out here. Tell me, what were some of the small things that you did? What changes have you made in your home? So I think one of the things that we really started paying attention to was how many trash bags we were putting out each week. Okay. Um, And then you know, kind of breaking that down, like, okay, well, we know we're putting out like two trash bags a week. So how can we um, reduce that to one trash bag a week? And then that made us more aware of, you know, or made us more cognizant of like, all right, this is what we're putting in the trash. So which of those items can we switch to reusable? Or, you know, um, what items can we purchase differently? Like purchasing fruit that doesn't come in packaging versus fruit that does come in packaging you know if you buy the fruit that comes without packaging you're not throwing that packaging away or you're not recycling it um, which recycling is great I know that's always a good thing but if you can just eliminate waste altogether that is that's you know the ultimate idea so it was just kind of focusing on what is it that we feel like that we're doing the worst on right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) or that seems the most attainable to change and then focus on that one thing and um, get better at that one thing before trying to take on all the other things that I wanted to change. So in the coaching world, we would call that your best opportunity. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, starting with where am I doing the worst or as I might see it, uh, where do I have the best opportunity to make the biggest impact from a small step? 
Yeah. Where do I have the best place to start something that could be a catalyst for more? And I love that you started with awareness. How many bags of trash are we bringing to the curb every week? And how can we get that down to something smaller? Or how many things are we buying that come in packaging when there's an option to buy it without packaging? Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it's just... I, honestly, I think sustainable living is really just intentional living. It's just being intentional about your actions, being aware of how you're living your life, what choices you're making, um, what options are available to you. I think sometimes it's the convenience factor, right? Like, well, I'm just at the store and this is convenient, so I'm going to get it. But can you take a moment ahead of time to, to look at the other options and see if there's something that's better um, that next time or, you know, moving forward, you can mm -hmm. make a better choice. So take me room by room through your house and tell me about what is present in that room that is a reflection of your eco-friendly values. Sure. So starting out in the kitchen, we have uh, washable paper towels. So we actually um, call them unpaper towels because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're wrapped up the same. They're rolled up the same as paper towels, but they are cloth and we wash them. Um, we use reusable bags for, uh, you know, instead of plastic bags, we um, send all the kids' lunch stuff in stuff that can be put in the dishwasher so that they're not throwing things away. Um, we purchase most of our food from uh, the local market, you know, going to the farmer's market. We know our farmers by names. Um, hey, Bobby from Grady Ranch. <laughs> I just got my beef from him this last week. So just having those, you know, um, connections with where things can come from locally. That's huge in our kitchen. We try to get everything um, from Tallahassee as much as possible. Um, moving into, you know, the, um, to the kids, of course, you know, cloth diapers, try to get our, our clothes um, either from hand-me-downs or if you can seek out those organic cotton, that it's expensive. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, again, just figuring out what those better choices are. And honestly, going back to the consumption, like you mentioned, if you can purchase something that is a little bit more expensive that will last longer, that's so much better than purchasing the cheaper thing that is going to have to be replaced over and over. So clothing, for example, if you can buy clothes that are better quality so that you're not replacing them all the time with kids, that's hard. But especially for adults, that can be huge. Um, the bathrooms, we do kind of like it's a lot of people are not so comfortable with this, but we have um, family cloth as well where we <laughs> use cloth pieces and instead of toilet paper. And we also have a bidet. So, <laughs> so you're not flushing not. as much. So you're not using as much water mm -hmm. and you're not flushing paper. We're not flushing anything at all. Yeah. Yep. Completely reusables all the way around. And that sounds super overwhelming. And honestly, some people think that's just gross and crosses the line. But it was one of the last things that we did. I mean, we have moved um, from doing very little to like there's, you know, we, we've moved a lot through our journey um, and taken on little things at a time. And that was that was actually one of the last things we did during the pandemic when you couldn't buy toilet paper. Oh, and I wow. was like, look, we can't buy toilet paper anyways. Let's switch it. We're, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not that different from cloth diapers. No, no. And uh, I just, yeah, you're right. I'm not ready for that yet. But it's good <laughs> to know it's an option. And then, of course, in our yard, we have compost bins and um, rain barrels where we collect the rainwater. We have raised garden beds. Um, 
that's another change where our first raised garden bed, we went to like Lowe's or Home Depot and bought the kit and did that because that was easy. And that was great at the time being. Since then, we've found other ways to source different materials like we drink wine. So we saved our wine bottles, like, you know, cleaned them all out. And then we actually have a raised garden bed made with wine bottles that are dug into the ground. Um, so it's just different things where it's like when you're at the beginning of the journey, sometimes it's easier to just get the kit because it tells you how to do everything. But then as you move through your journey, you learn how to be more resourceful. You have more, um, you know, education behind it, research behind it. And then you can make even better choices because you're more confident in what you're doing. Wow. I did. I'd never thought about. Well, for one, I'd never thought about family. What is it you called it? Family cloth. Family cloth. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Um, where do you get family cloth? So the company that I absolutely adore is Marley's Monsters. They're based out of uh, the West. I want to say Seattle, but I could totally be wrong. But on the West Coast, it's um, a woman-owned business. It's all women that sew all of their products. But they have a whole line of reusable products. And that goes back to the investment. Like, yes, it costs money to buy these things. But I have made maybe three purchases from them in the last five to six years. And that's it. Like, and that's replaced how many, you know, paper towel rolls that we bought um, from the store, toilet paper, things like that. And um, even like laundry, you know, laundry detergent, all of those plastic jugs, you know, you can recycle them. But I use a laundry paste where my friend Angie in uh, Orlando, she gets the paste and sends it to me in a bar. I dilute it with water and it's ready to go. Wow. Okay, guys, we have a lot to learn. Alex has a lot of ideas from things that you can start doing today to stuff that it might take a while to build up to, but is totally attainable. I'm getting more and more excited and I hope you are too. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. I'll be right back after a short break. Can't wait to talk more with Alex Calfin about how to live with love to your mother. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to coachhealthyheather.com and click on solve my problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. Welcome back. Heather solves everything. Today, we are solving the problem of when you want to do better for the planet, like you're totally on board, but oh man, it seems like a lot of work and it seems like kind of expensive and I'm in that spot. I'm not really sure where to start. And so I invited my friend Alex because she has made a transformation in her home um, and has incorporated so many eco-friendly practices that 
we are learning in this show are closer than we think they are and easier to implement. And we're going to continue that conversation now. I am especially curious to know about Alex's bathroom. Because in the recent segment, we learned that Alex's house has a bidet and family cloths. And I wonder, when you took the regular toilet out of your house and installed a bidet, that is an expense. You know, you're, you're getting rid of what's already there, and then you're buying something new, and you're having it professionally installed, or Actually, unless you installed it yourself. It's an attachment. Oh, never mind. So I you thought, just add it on. Okay. Yeah. So it, the dollar signs are starting to add up in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, I can do that. I could do that. I could do that. But I wonder how much have you invested in eco-friendly practices in your home? And do you feel like you are saving that much in other areas? Yeah, completely. So it is, you know, buying reusables, that's an investment. Um, but over the course of time, it's totally saved us money. I've seen graphics for especially the cloth diapers. Like, well, you spend 400 on cloth diapers, but in a year you'd spend 1500 on disposable diapers. They're mm -hmm. expensive. Easily. But that goes across the board with all reusables. Like, yes, yeah, some things will be a, quite an investment in the beginning. Um, you can save up for it. You can do baby steps, you know, one thing at a time, just one thing at a time. And, and over the course of seven years, we've replaced a lot of items and um, with better choices, with reusable options. And I think that that saved us a lot of money. Um, we've probably spent, you know, I don't know, a couple thousand um, over the course of many years to replace those items, but we're not going to have to replace them for a while. And we also haven't been buying disposables, you know, during that course of time either. So it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Some of the things that I have done over the years is starting to transition my plastic containers to glass. So it, whenever something is worn out and I don't have it anymore, I will replace it with a glass container. And I was very proud of myself for that. I felt very eco-friendly when I was packing my kids' lunches with glass containers instead of plastic. Is that good? Am I doing well? Yeah, that is great. <laughs> and I think that's a good point, right? Is if you have something that works and it doesn't need to be replaced, don't replace it. You know, the most eco-friendly thing is to use what you have for as long as you can use it. And then when it comes to that point of replacing it, then replace it with a better option. And that could be, like you said, you know, replacing it with glass. Um, glass isn't the only option. You know, there's, we are so lucky. Um, so many amazing products have been created over the last, like, what, five to ten years. Um, when we first started out, our options were pretty limited. Now, I mean, the sky's the limit. They have a reusable item for everything. So I think it's totally worth the investment. And um, just do it when you're ready. It's one step at a time. So what do you say when somebody says that living this way is just too expensive? And the reason why I ask that question is because I'm thinking about the um, the New Leaf Market that was opened on the northeast end of town. And it la I was very excited about it because I didn't have to drive all the way down to Appalachian Parkway. But it wasn't open very long before it closed. And a lot of the feedback was because the prices were just too high compared to Publix and Target and other places that were closer. And I wonder, what's your response to that? 
I mean, it it makes sense. I totally get it. Um, I think something that um, we have to kind of consider is just, you know, shopping by your morals and values. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so finding those local options, if you can, if you can afford it, great. Um, again, saving up to be able to an- afford certain things. Um, but also one thing that I did is we now buy our meat completely from local farmers. That means that we buy less meat. We eat less meat so that we can afford to buy the more expensive, better quality meat. And I think that's where um, being more aware of what you are doing, what choices you are making, what options you have, that allows you to make more informed decisions so that you can make better choices moving forward. And you may not be able to do it right now, and that's okay. Do the best you can right now. But then also know what your options are and know where your end goal is so that you can make better choices along the way. Yeah, that is so much a big part of it is knowing what your end goal is. Anybody who has um, been following me for any amount of time knows that I always go back to that vision. What is the vision that you have for yourself, whether it's in professional life, your personal life, your health and well-being, or in this case, how you run your home? And then, you know, creating that vision for your family of how you want your consumption practices to be. And then asking yourself, do these choices lead us to the um, the vision that we've created for ourselves? And we all uh, make time and find money for our values to protect what we really think is important. Um, I know that you know, it's totally easy to see ourselves going to a restaurant that is supporting our kids' sports team or a store that is supporting our kids' school and uh, making purchases of your groceries and other items that reflect how you want to live with the world just seems to like be another version of that. It is, yeah. And, you know, you just, you do what you can do. And I think that it's just, Again, being aware, having informed decisions, and that makes the the world of a difference. And growing your own food. I mean, if you have the time to do it, great. That's, you know, you can save money in that way. I love the idea of growing my own food. Um, Unfortunately, plants don't love the idea of (laughs) me being by them. So I'm really happy to go to a place where somebody else has grown delicious food and I can just buy it. I wonder... What are your go-to resources for um, ideas and recipes for, like you mentioned, purchasing detergent and, you know, purchasing um, directly from farmers and butchers? And I wonder, what are your go-to resources for that? So here in Tallahassee, we're very, very lucky. We live in a city that has amazing options available to us. We have four to five different farmers markets within the different regions of Tallahassee. Um, the The library has a, um, a seed library. So you can actually go get seeds for free from the library to grow your own food if you want. Um, there is a program with the um, Leon County uh, Sustainability Program where you can buy compost bins at a discounted price. They, they purchase them in bulk and then you go and pick them up on a certain day. Um, My laundry detergent is called Laundry Paste, and it comes from uh, a woman here in Florida. It's wastefreeproducts.com, and she has all sorts of stuff, shampoo bar, conditioner bar. It's all all life products that come without um, plastic packaging. So that's really awesome. The Marley's Monsters, I love their reusable products. 
Um, honestly, I just, uh, you know, I get out there in the community and I find what's available. If I need something, I look local first. If I can't get it, then I look to sustainable options online. Um, and you know, sometimes I shop at Target every once in a while. That's okay. <laughs> We're not perfect. It's just, you know, doing the best that you can given the circumstances that you have. I'm going to share some of Alex's favorite links in the show notes. So be sure to look there and um, to go straight to her favorite sources and be sure to support these women-owned businesses that are helping make it easier and more affordable for us to all live with a healthy respect for the environment so that it stays around for as long as possible for everybody who comes after us. So I've got a little bit of a quiz for you, Alex. I'm going to test your knowledge about eco-friendly living, okay? All right. So you on. All right. When we come back, we are going to talk about some common myths about recycling. See how much Alex knows and what else we can learn about ways that we can start living with a better relationship with our planet Earth, Mother Earth. That's what we're here to talk about. It's Heather Solves Everything. You're listening to Coach Healthy Heather. We will be right back after a short break. Stay with us. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally with purpose and intention. Social media is a business must have, but it's time consuming and ever changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with my friend Alex Calfin. And we're talking about real-life practical ways that you can build sustainable habits into your house and lifestyle. And before the break, I gave Alex a heads up that I was going to quiz her on her eco-friendly knowledge. And now she has had the whole break to run <laughs> through her mental inventory and make sure that she knows the answers to all of my questions. We'll see. So let's see. Okay. I have myth or truth. Okay, you tell me whether or not this is a myth or truth about recycling. Okay, okay. Number one, items that are made from different materials have to be sorted in order to be recycled. Myth. Correct. That is a myth. It is something that I have fallen 
victim to because a lot of the times when I have not recycled, I thought it was because I had to separate things. It turns out it really depends on where you live. It does. What do you know about that? So um, the Leon County Sustainable Stewardship, I'm not sure what their exact name is on Facebook, but they actually post um, frequently on what, what is recyclable here. And it's just important to check in with your local area and see what's allowed and what's not because it really differs um, just based on mm-hmm. the people who are running your recycling. So you can put recyclable materials, whether it's glass with paper, with plastic or cans in the same recycling bin and they can be taken to the recycling center but you cannot put non-recyclable things with recyclable things correct and i think something that people don't realize it's like those plastic bags that you get at the grocery store that you carry your groceries in those are not recyclable in our actual recycling however we save them and you can return them at Publix. Same with the styrofoam uh, food things. When you get food to go, you can't recycle um, styrofoam at, in, in our area, but you can save them and you can um, deliver them to, or you can drop them off at Publix. Um, they, Publix has been set up in the front, one for plastic bags, one for styrofoam. And then if you happen to get a lot of packages in the mail and you have packaging, you can deliver um, the, the packaging to UPS and they'll reuse it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it can, your your stuff can go different places. It's not always super convenient, like putting it in the recycling and carrying it out to, to the street, but there it's are places ba- for it to it's go. It's those baby steps. You <laughs> yep. know, if I can get the recycling bin to the street, that's my first step. That's yep. my baby step. And then maybe someday I'll be going to the UPS and dropping off my bubble wrap. Yep. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Number two, myth or truth. You cannot recycle crumpled up bottles or cans. Hmm. I think that that's a myth. Correct. That is a myth. Um, Ideally, you can leave the can crunching to the heavy machinery at the recycling (laughs) plant. Although I have, I have definitely motivated my little one. We have a can crusher in the garage and he has been crushing cans and I've been told that he can redeem them for money. I don't Ooh, know if that's true I actually or not. grew up doing that. Like in my little town in Iowa, it was like a big to do. We would save all of our cans and bottles and we'd go to the collection agency and they'd pay us like, I don't know, five cents a right, thing or yeah. something. <laughs> I don't think those places really exist nowadays. That oh. was like, what, 25 years ago. <laughs> that's, that's the information that I'm working with. <laughs> Number three, myth or truth. Materials can only be recycled once. Mm, myth? Correct. This is a popular misconception. It's floated around for ages. In some cases, like in plastic, things cannot necessarily be recycled more than once. But glass especially. You've given me some interesting information about glass being melted down and reused. What do you know about that? Yeah, so when things get recycled, it doesn't mean that they're going to turn into the thing that they were before. They can be recycled and made into something else. But glass itself, it can be um, turned back into glass. It's the one product that you can recycle and it can be turned back into glass. Interesting. So glass, the glass container that you drink out of could have been another glass object at some time. Perhaps. And I'm relying on my husband's um, science knowledge on this because he's the one that taught me it and I didn't research it. But I do believe him in that, that it's glass is the one thing that can be turned back into itself. Very cool. Excellent. That's why you get purses out of plastic bottles and not plastic bottles out of plastic bottles. (laughs) So when you see something that says, a thousand plastic bottles made this. Right. Then it, that's an example of recycling. Actually, uh-huh. the happening. plastic bottle got recycled, turned into a different 
product thing. and yep. Yep. Well, and that brings me to my next myth or truth question. Products, myth or truth, products made from recycled materials are inferior products. Myth. Not as good. <laughs> myth. Yeah? yeah? Tell me why. Well, I mean, I don't know all of the science behind this, but um, just because something is a recycled product doesn't mean that it's not good. It can totally be, um, I would think most of the things that you look at nowadays are going to say um, that it's made from recycled paper or recycled plastic bottles. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's actually a great use of resources. If we're recycling products, something needs to be made out of those products. Um, it, you know, I don't I don't think that it means it's inferior at all. Well, uh, the technology has come a long way. And I think that when we first started having recyclable, recycled products made from recycled materials, I always think about the brown napkins. That was always like the first thing was the brown (laughs) napkins and people saying, oh, they're recycled. And I think that there was kind of this, oh, well, is it still work? And of course, you know, years have gone by and yeah, recycled products are just as good as things that have that are not made from recycled materials. Um, But it's a myth that still um, is perpetuated. And I think it goes by, you know, brand too. Like, you know, even unrecycled materials, some are better than others, you know. So test it out. See if you like it. It's worth a try. Absolutely. Worth a try. Okay, guys. So we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked about some big things that you can do, like retrofitting your toilet into a bidet and starting to use family cloth. And then we've talked about small things that you can do, like just paying attention to how many times you take the the garbage out to the garbage can and, you know, just see whether you can challenge yourself to make it a, a smaller number next week. And I want to give you a few tips about how you can start to go from zero to hero when it comes to uh, living eco-friendly. So get ready because I'm going to get coachy on you. Okay, so the first step is always awareness. Always first start by paying attention to what you're currently doing and without any judgment of it, just start to evaluate or observe uh, what your current habits are and then determine where's your best opportunity to make a change. So if listening to all of the ideas that Alex has presented, if any of them sounded to you like, well, I could do that, I could do that, then that's one of your best opportunities to start small. And so the first tip is just be aware of your habits and look for the first small step that you can take that feels like progress. Uh, Second tip, think about a 30-day challenge. When you go online and if you just look for um, eco-friendly challenges or, you know, ways that you can, you know, transform your home, there's a lot of communities online that offer great support and encouragement and ideas and motivation for making small changes and that if you can sustain it for a month, then decide whether it's something that you want to build on or whether you want to take another one. Um, People often say that it takes 21 days to establish a new habit. Um, You know, sometimes that's true. It just depends on what the habit is. I think it takes a longer period of time for the habits that are really transformational. Write it down. Keep track of what it is that you're doing and keep track of the consistency with which you 
achieve that benchmark. I'm a big fan of stickers on a calendar for all of the days that I have achieved the benchmark that I want to. So if you have set a goal of using fewer plastic products or using more reusable products, then keep track of how often at the end of the day you feel like you took a step forward and reward yourself with maybe, you know, buying one of the higher end fancy recycled products um, and you know, splurging on something fun. And then always create a plan that is fun for your family. Uh, make it a family thing. Make sure that it is connected to your values and the way that you want to live as a family. Uh, talk together about what's the most fun, what you're the most excited about trying. And then, like Alex says, just jump in and give it a try. Living with in partnership with the earth is something that we can all do, whether it's a big step or a small step. I hope that we've given you some fun and easy ideas for ways that you can live more eco-friendly. Thank you, Alex, for being here. Thank you for having me. You guys have been listening to Heather Solves Everything. Keep up with the show on Facebook or go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and look for Solve My Problem. And um, you can submit a show idea. I hope that you'll tune in again next week for another episode of Heather Solves Everything. I hope that something great happens for you today. Take care. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather Solves Everything with a little help from Everyday Heroes.